0: From the Davis Oil Company studios in Keene, it's time for The Weekend with George Hansel on WKBK. Today's program brought to you in part by Stephen Wilder Automotive in Keene, the one you trust to make sure your vehicle runs right. Book your appointment today at wilderautomotive.com. By Dublin Health and Benefit Group, the professional's choice for helping you and your family navigate the right health insurance and Medicare coverage options. Go to DublinHealth.net today. To call George Hansel, dial 603-357-1290, and you'll be next on the air on the weekend. Here's George.
1: Welcome back. I do like Dan's little intro he did, redid for us. That sounds good. 357-1290 will get you on the air, and we have some calls. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Hello.
2: Hey, George. It's Michelle Chalice with Healthy Home Habitats. I was wondering if you have a minute to let me tell folks about a workshop coming up next weekend.
1: Do it.
3: Go
2: ahead, Michelle. Uh, are we online? Okay. You're on. <laughs> Terrific. We have a Grow Easy and Fun Vining veg- Vegetables a hands-on workshop right here in Keene, uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Saturday, May 21st. Um, it's a registration and includes containers, soil. We have pea cucumber and pumpkin plants, little tiny ones that you'll be planting that day in a container to go home with. Um, Registration is at healthyhomehabitats.com, the programs, and we're inviting everyone, families, uh, young people, old people, to be able to learn how to grow vegetables at home in a much less onerous, much more joyful way. So um, please take a look at healthyhomehabitats.com programs, and we'd love to see you come out on the Near East Side of Keene, um, registration is twenty three ninety nine, and includes all the materials.
1: Nice, yeah, that's great. So anybody can sure. grow vegetables at home, right?
2: They really can, and it doesn't have to be on the ground in a big flat space that feels great in May and really yucky in July. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: I just weeded Sorry. out my raised beds uh, from last year, and that was about a three hour project. So. I like the oh, idea boy. of small scale, takes a couple minutes small- to weed out a 12 inch pot, right?
2: Exactly. And it, it just makes it, it stacks the odds in your favor of success, especially yeah. with small children to help them know where vegetables come from. There are a couple more uh, workshops this summer as part of the 2022 Monadnock Sustainable Yard series that they will also see mm-hmm. at the Healthy Home Habitat. Dot com website that they're welcome to. We'll have uh, Supercharging Your Yard Soil in June, Creating Your Own Pollinator Patch in July, and Catching the Rain options for your yard in August.
1: Nice. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you want to talk a little bit about the No Mo May
2: Community oh, Initiative? Yeah, so Healthy Home habitat is um, absolutely in favor of No Mo May as you know for the many reasons of trying to complete or reestablish the entire range of insects that help us with our vegetables and our flowers that help us have a healthy ecosystem. Yeah. Um, here at our demonstration gardens uh, in the backyard, I'm actually mowing a spiral because it helps to give some structure to this notion of no mow may. This can be hard to leave an entire yard to just go. Um, And I find that many people are uh, more receptive to this if there can be a um, a very readable shape with edges that show that you are maintaining your property and you are specifically deciding to leave this area unmown. The other thing that can be really helpful, George, in terms of neighbors being supportive is signage you know, signage that says we are leaving this for the bees. There's a wide variety of organizations online and even just a homemade sign for that period of time can let people know that you're doing this consciously. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. That's a really good idea because I was thinking about it. I was looking at my – because this time of year, you know, all the dandelions come up really quickly. So they come up and I have dandelions in my yard and I was like – and I was thinking about mowing it. But then uh, I want to participate in No Mow May, but – the people, you know, like you said, people walk by, and three weeks from now, there's like a, a, a hayfield back there, and people are like, "Oh, the mayor is yeah, yeah. really neglecting uh, neglecting his house." They
2: hmm. find a revolt on your doorstep. Right. What I would suggest, if you're interested, is to mow out the outside edges, mow the edge to yeah. a circle. You know a very specific mm. shape or a triangle or something fun but something that shows that there is a defined edge and that you right. are uh, very consciously doing this for a reason
1: that's a good idea good idea yeah,
2: it'd be fun if someday the city comes on board with this and we have the ability for citizens to have a downloadable PDF specifically that shows the city's support Mm. And allows them to have a sign that they can put on their property, you know, mounted on a, on a post, um, and communicate to their citizens what 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 they're doing.
1: Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for the announcement. Give uh, give out the details for your uh, thing next weekend again, in case people are just Absolutely. tuning
2: in. Absolutely. Grow easy and fun Binding vegetables. It's a hands-on, hour-long workshop right here on the near east side of Keene at the Healthy Home Habitat House. From 10 a.m. to 11 Saturday, May 21st, uh, the 23.99 includes all the supplies, the containers, and um, tiny uh, sprouts of um, pea pods, uh, cucumber, vining cucumbers, and vining pie pumpkin plants. Um, go to the Healthy Home Habitats website and go to programs, and you can register there. We'd love to see you. Nice. Uh, there's a limit at 15, but I think we'll be all right.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much. I hope you have a great weekend.
2: You too. Thanks for the
1: time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three, three five seven twelve ninety gets on the air. Good morning. Thanks for calling.
2: Good
4: good morning. Hello. I didn't expect it to be that quick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's you going know? on?
4: Well, you know, my concern, and I don't know if you know, I, I really am correct in this, it's just my opinion, okay. is that I'm afraid Keene's gonna be turned into or tried to be turned into another Nashua. Yeah. And then it's gonna lose all its appeal. Yeah, And that's one thing. And secondly, with all this stuff for the homeless, you know, everybody feels for the homeless. But first of all, why are the people living in tents when there's such a welfare system that they could have um, in living quarters? Mm And Another thing is related to that. When you um, make homeless campgrounds, I don't mean you, but when homeless campgrounds are made and stuff, it encourages more and more of that. And after a while, it becomes unmanageable, yep. then the schools are affected, yep, and then we have and then they say, and then they're said that the taxes are too high. well, that's why you can't have housing, no one can pay the taxes, yep, yep anyway
1: yeah all good all good points for consideration um and uh let's see what what was the first thing your first thing you were going at was um The Nashua. The Nashua thing, yes. So you're absolutely right. There's a reason that Keene looks the way it does and Nashua looks the way it does. We have a history in Keene of being very conscientious, careful planners, uh, almost to a fault (laughs) at this point. I mean, and so we have to find some balance. We have to allow for flexibility. We have to be uh, efficient in adopting new changes to get the desired results we want while also being conscientious that we don't want to become a Nashua the, you know, the, the the community looks the way it does for a reason and that's because of careful planning but we have to move a little bit faster because we are facing a housing crisis so that's the balance we have to strike
4: and, but, is um, it, but is, excuse me for interrupting sure, no, is the housing crisis in part or in much uh, due to the fact that If you build a new home today, you're taxed to death, people Mm -hmm. have to buy a home. They have to pay a mortgage for the most part. Mm -hmm. Then they have these enormous taxes. And then everybody says, oh, the older people, you know, it's a great place to retire because there's no this tax or that tax. But the state has a dividend tax. Mm -hmm. So you've saved all your life in order to provide for yourself. And then you have a dividend tax. So, I mean, it just seems like no matter which way you turn, you can't win. Yeah. So, anyway.
3: Yeah, I
1: I, I hear you. I mean, the overall tax burden in New Hampshire is lower than other states, um, just because we don't have an income tax, we don't have a sales tax. Yes, property taxes uh, are high, but not the highest in a lot of other states that...
4: They're the third highest in the country, I think.
1: Right. Um, But your overall tax burden, if you look at the amount the average New Hampshire person pays in taxes, it is lower than the majority of states. Um, So that's something you have to consider. I mean, people choose to live different places for a lot of reasons. Um, We have to figure out how to make housing more affordable, to your point, because the the property taxes uh, definitely prevent some people from being able to afford
4: um, certain housing. but I think one has to look at outside of their own um, mindset, and that's something that I'm probably not doing this morning. Mm. However, when a builder comes along and says, well, I'm going to build a house that, let's say, is worth according to the market 200000 or something, yeah. but no one's going to buy it because the taxes are $8,000 a year. No one's going to build. No one's going to take that chance. So
1: we have some we have some single family houses that are being built more than we, we have more permitted and more pending permits on single family homes in the city of Keene uh, than we've had. We have more right now than we've had in the past at least 10 years since I was paying attention um, because there is such a huge demand. And uh, there are some some houses that are going to be built here, here, but you're talking about like 20 and how much, how big a difference is 20 gonna make? Um, it's helpful, it's good, but it's not a, it's not a huge, huge number. Uh, we also have to look at multifamily housing. So, this is apartment buildings and smaller scale uh, units, right? That are, are put together and able to take advantage of economies of scale and shared utilities and, and that kind of stuff to make the housing more affordable.
4: May I mention one more quick thing? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be. A, there's no quick answer to it, and I, I and I know that um, the answer isn't going to come from just you. That's asking too much, or it would have been solved already.
3: Yeah.
4: But the schools, the schools for the most part, the teachers are wonderful. The school facilities are wonderful.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, everybody's friendly and nice, but there is an enormous, enormous drug problem in the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's if you don't have a child or you don't have friends that have children or all, you may not one may not be as aware of it as yeah. well, I have a grandson in the school system and it's just you you can get anything you want they go in the bathrooms they do this they do that drugs are everywhere yeah. uh, you know and I don't know what the answer is and perhaps no one does or it would have been solved but it's really tough. And if you have someone that has some means that moves into this area, let's say you do get a new company and the head of the the company, the hierarchy, the better uh, income earners, they have kids. They're they're not going to want to send their kids to a lovely school that has an enormous drug problem. They're going to go to private schools. And this is going to be... Something to deal with in the next few years. Yeah. Anyway, it's I'm something tying it's, up the whole line. Well,
1: here. it's fine. It's I I appreciate it because it's something I've thought about too. It's uh, we spend a lot of, and I personally spend a lot of time touting the benefits and showing off Main Street, Downtown Keene. You know, the Central Square and that whole area, and and uh, you know that's the that's the storefront. But there's a lot. To this community, uh, including the school system, including things going on with um, drugs in the community yeah. and some crime and things like that, and uh, we can't ignore those. We have to take a, a holistic approach, um, and it's good to remind ourselves of that. I sometimes get a, get uh, distracted by the by the window dressing, you know.
4: Well, there's so much such a litigious society now that. Um, People are afraid that teachers and everybody else to do much, and that's part of the problem too. But anyway, I can't solve it. I'm yeah. certainly not qualified to. I'm just bringing it up. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I appreciate you being on the, in the morning. So you're, you're enlightening and you're you're fair to everybody. So well, I hope you have a wonderful day. And the dandelions, you can make dandelion wine. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is the is dandelion wine is made
4: with the leaves. Am I oh, right about
1: that? I don't know. I think I think it is. I don't I think know.
4: my wife put roundup on it and then uh, told me to make wine for myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Have a wonderful yeah, day.
1: You too. Thanks okay. for the call. And thanks for the compliments. We try to be fair on the show. We try to listen to everybody. I mean, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to talk to me as the host and as your mayor and whatever. Say, you know, you want to argue, let's do that. you want to, you want to bring up something that you don't think is getting much attention. That's kind of what this is all about. Um, but I appreciate that. three five seven twelve ninety gets you on the air. Good morning. Thanks for calling.
5: Good morning.
1: Hi. What's on your mind today?
5: Oh, a lot of things, but I guess we don't have time. The thing I'm interested in, are you in the board of the hospital?
1: I am not on the board of the hospital,
5: no. Well, I'm cute. Because with that, I'm thinking today just about the huge area of Peelist, what they're going to be doing out there. Yeah. Why couldn't they provide a little area uh, for these traveling nurses Mm-hmm. You know, just a small studio place. Why should they have to drive an hour here or pay 1200 $1,500 a month for rent?
1: I agree. I agree with you.
5: I, mean, I have a friend who has a traveling nurse in the family, and they have a nice RV. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they set up, like, way in the back, a few RV spaces for these people to travel all over the country? Does that sound I right? agree.
1: The hospital the hospital should take on the house. And I, I would question whether I was going to bring this up or not, but we worked really hard to try and come up with some options for the hospital uh, to take a look at their current property and especially the new property that they they have taken over in West Keene, the old peerless building and all that. Because, frankly, we don't have a lot of land that's good for development of this multifamily housing. Hospital yep. owns a couple of parcels. And so we put some work in. City put in some work. We said, these are your options. You know, the, we, we're encouraging you to do this. And the hospital uh, originally seemed open to that idea and uh, it seems like they've shut the door on it for reasons that I don't really understand other than they they don't know exactly what they want to do with the property long-term. And I was profoundly disappointed in that decision because we need if we're going to solve the housing crisis, we need these community partners, these groups that we've relied on, to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem locking up their land for no what I can see as no good reason. Right. I, I really questioned whether to get into that, and you can see I'm a little heated about it. I mean, this was months ago, and I, I frankly put it out of my mind, but now it's, now it's back in there. I'm going to try and calm down a little bit.
5: I can see that maybe they don't want to put multi-purpose housing, but why couldn't they put some something to provide for these people that they need so desperately?
1: Well, that's it. I said multifamily, so it's like apartments, but they would Excuse part me. of it would right. be yeah. for yeah. their yeah for their residents or their nurses or whoever. You know, they could easily. We even I even had developers. I brought them to their doorstep and said, "These are the people that could do this for you and deliver." They've done it all over the New England. They could right. build the housing back there for you, and they right. slammed the door on it. And I don't like to—I don't like to slam community partners and everything like that. But that was a very
5: well short-sighted these, decision. These hospital board members, a lot of them. Well, I don't want to say anything, but I mean they should be open to what we really need here. I don't know
1: other, if it was the board. I don't know if it was the leadership here locally, but yeah. that decision was made. That's all I'm—I'm I'm going to
5: say about it. One other quick thing: With all the money coming into the state, is there any money possible that could work on developing the Kingsbury property? Yeah. What an uh, asset that would be.
1: Oh yeah, it's great potential. I walked through it a couple of weeks ago. It is uh, a mess, but great, great potential there. Uh, the current owner needs to uh, needs to move move it forward, though. I think we've they've he's had lots of people come to him with ideas and some with significant resources but they've been unable to to find any kind of deal and frankly at this point yeah. I can't invest any more time in it until the the owner uh, shows some positive Well I was movement. thinking
5: about the money coming to provide the environmental needs that to yeah. clean up that property and get someone to buy it pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so a a team that property is so huge. So huge, and there's yeah. a lot and complex issues on it. It's going to need a project team of some real heavy hitters to actually pull it all off. It needs to be master planned uh, because there's a lot there. And um, in order for that to happen, the owner has to has to really uh, help lead the charge, I would say, and, and I haven't
5: seen that yet. Yeah, but I was thinking we're getting $100 million to the state to do something Wonder would any money could come for that. I don't know.
3: Yeah.
1: I don't know. The hundred million dollars for the housing set aside from the state. Right. Keene also- is probably gonna have a hard time accessing much of that. We may be able to take a little advantage of a little bit of the demolition dollars, but there's only five million set aside for demolition mm-hmm. and that's five million for the whole state. And I know in talking to the other mayors that they are very, very interested in, uh, in demolition. And that $5 bucks is going to be soaked up, soaked up very quickly. So okay. we may be able to take advantage of, of some part of that. But we don't have a lot of multifamily housing projects permitted in the city of Keene. Swansea does. There may be something that we could slip in. There are a couple that are kind of in the works in Keene, but I don't know if they'll be done in time. Because the way that this funding is all going to work, the state and the governor really want to create – they recognize the crisis across the state, and they want to make sure that the housing is put up quickly. They want to create housing units because we are in such a desperate situation. And so they're going to be funding projects that are already permitted – And uh, funding projects that just need a little bit to actually get a shovel in the ground. And we don't have too many of those within the city limits. We have some in the region, but not in the city.
5: Okay. And do you have one more minute? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Is there anything that can be done? I've been in Keene 53 years, but just moved down into the town about six years ago. And I walk around, there's some lovely streets, but there's some awful-looking houses with junk. Is there anything that can be done? Like, you know, in the corner of Ireland and Winchester Street, mm. those houses. I mean, these landlords, what, what are they doing? Why aren't they, you know, what's something? Yeah, it's a... Uh... I think you probably know where they all are because yeah. they're so right out in the open, it's you know? A,
1: it's a pervasive problem and uh something that we constantly struggle with I'm. i uh the first step is to uh call in a complaint if you see something that's unsafe on a property or something like that unsanitary unsafe uh call it into the community development department and report it they have a, a a complaint driven system as far as enforcement goes for a lot of the codes and stuff. I like
5: don't know, that. just junk outside and real junk.
1: Yeah. Sometimes Safe there's not much they can, not much that the city can do. But yeah. if there's an unsafe condition or something like that, and they can also, the other thing the city can do is they can go try to talk to the property owner. You know, try, uh, try to in, encourage them to clean things up and stuff like that. I know That's this a is a big problem. I know it's West
5: Street. Mm. And, you know, one or two houses ruins the whole street.
1: I know. know? So that was sort of the impetus behind the 21 and 21 program. So we raised money from tax credits and other things, about a million dollars, to help support homeowners fix up their houses. Weatherization was a part of that, you know, making some of these older homes more comfortable and energy efficient. But there was also a set-aside of a good portion of money to kind of fix up the outside of homes,
3: yeah,
1: and and do exactly what you said. Take care of those one or two houses on a street that are really dragging the neighborhood down. Yeah. And so there, well, the thing that's. Thing I was kind of wondering the about the
5: wonderful idea The 20 but I was wondering if that money was going to go like to some I hate to say the word landlords yeah. that don't even live here that don't take care other than older people who just can't afford to fix up their places yeah.
3: you know
1: So Southwestern Community Services is overseeing the administration of that program. Uh, you should contact them you can look up 21 and 21 SCS helps on Google and it'll come up or whatever but uh, Any
5: place you can go in and talk to somebody.
1: I think you can submit something on their website uh, to inquire about it. It only applies in certain areas, uh-huh. so uh, east side of Keene, and then they have a process for how they they determine eligibility and all that. But okay. um, but that's how they that's how they're handling it. Frankly, I think some of the some of the uh, support will go to landlords because uh-huh. at the end of the day, we care about getting the houses fixed up for the residents that are living there. You know, we right. care about lowering their uh, utility bills and making right. sure that li- they're living in a in a more comfortable place. So that's what that's what we care about. Um, so
5: has that started up yet? As far yeah. as
1: they've done some energy audits. They've got some uh, some of the work is going on. I went and visited one of the houses when they were kicking it off with the audit. It's really, I mean, that's one of the things I'm most proud of uh, helping. I know to, I love the idea, and I was, but
5: I was hoping the money would go to people who live there, not just, you know, landlords are trying to benefit.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, that was a conversation that came up when we were conceiving this, and ultimately we said, well, you know, so, ideally we'll be supporting people that are, that are struggling to maintain their homes, you know, someone who's lived there for 30 years and, right. and just needs to pick it up. And I think I don't know exactly what SES's process is for selecting the recipients of the 21 and 21 program grants or benefits, but I I know that that was talked about, and that's probably being considered.
5: Okay. Well, thank you. I feel better now.
1: Well, thank you. I hope you have a good weekend.
5: Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. We'll try and take one more call while we have it on before we take a break. Good morning. Thanks for calling.
6: Good morning. How are you?
1: Very good. Thanks. How are you? Uh,
6: Listen, I have something uh, to talk to you about. The outside dining situation. Yeah, shoot. Uh, Well, I understand the you know, what we did, what you did over, you know, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. there's no indoor dining and all. Yep. But mm, the fact is that we just don't need to keep it going. And there's some places, do we have an inspector that goes around and and we talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, in terms of the size of the sidewalk and all that. Yeah, yep. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of like, well, the one example that I have to bring up is the stage. As much as I love that restaurant, they have taken over the entire sidewalk. Practically, yeah. it's one way you can, you have to wait for someone to walk the other way. That's mm. not that's not right, you yeah. know. Yeah. And um, it's and I've almost been clocked twice with servers coming out the that uh, the door with the big trays, you know. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yep.
6: yep. Uh, and, and so I think that that we need an inspector. And I know we're shorter than inspectors, obviously, but to to really regulate this, um, because it's just you know the pedestrians are really given the, the, the short shift here.
1: Yeah. So the way it works is they apply for a license. Uh, I think the initial license needs to be approved by the city council, and then it's renewed administratively. But if uh, if you have a problem with it, it's good. It might be good to go to the city clerk's office and report. You know that you you see that as a problem, but every year when they apply for that license, someone from the code department does have to go inspect their setup and make sure that there are adequate, uh, travel lanes for wheelchairs and there, you know, there are various other criteria. Yeah, Well,
6: there isn't, um, it's kind of, out there, and yeah. um, it's just—it's very, very—it's dangerous. Like I said, you know. Well, they,
1: again, they... call the call the community development department, fourth floor. You can get the number on the city's website, and um, and log your complaint. I mean, I, I'd be happy to do it as well. I'll send the community Depart- community development an email about it, and they can go check it out and make sure that there's not something happening that shouldn't be. Okay,
6: okay, I will do that. Thank you so much, George.
1: Thank you. Have a good day. Bye, bye. 357-1290 we were going to take your calls on the other side of the break though because we need to uh, we need to pay the bills i guess i'm george hansel this is the weekend we'll be right back
7: The most technologically advanced indoor shooting range in the Monadnock region. Featuring an advanced airflow system, seven shooting bays, a state-of-the-art interactive target retrieval system, and enough solid steel to build a Navy warship. It's not just any gun range. It's the Cheshire County Shooting Sports Education Foundation Firearms Experience at Ferrybrook Range in Keene. The only state-of-the-art climate-controlled shooting range in the region. Unbeatable. Unbelievable. Unmatched.
1: See the schedule and more at Ferrybrookrange.com.
8: Maple Hill Nursery and Greenhouses is bustling. After a long cold winter we're all anxious to get outside and enjoy this beautiful weather and what better way to do it than to take a walk around Maple Hill Nursery and see all the spring blooms. This week we are offering 10% off columbine and Japanese maples in containers Thursday through Sunday only. But check out all our gorgeous hanging baskets and patio pots to add splashes of color to your deck or porch. Maple Hill Nursery has hundreds of perennials and annuals to spruce up your garden areas and lots of veggie and herb plants too. We have six colors of bark mulch by the yard or by the bag and fertilizers, potting soils, grass seed and compost perfect for food gardens. Check out all we have to offer at Maple Hill Nursery and Greenhouses, Route 10 South in Swansea, on Facebook and online at maplehillnursery.com. Open seven days.
1: Hi, this is Lieutenant Mike Kikoski of the New Hampshire State Police. The men and women of Troop C would like to remind the residents of Cheshire and Sullivan Counties that citizens are often the first line of defense in preventing or identifying crime. The State Police works collaboratively with our local and county partners to ensure that rural communities in New Hampshire are watched and protected. Please help us in keeping your neighborhood secure. If you see something, say something. Any suspicious activity can be reported to State Police Dispatch at 603-223-8494. Thank you, and stay safe.
4: Children's Dentistry of Dublin supports the members of our law enforcement community who protect our children and families. Children's Dentistry of Dublin specializes in pediatric dentistry and the release of tongue and lip ties using their state-of-the-art dental laser. Children's Dentistry of Dublin on Route 101 and at DublinKidsDentistry.com.
7: When it's time to relax, get rid of your stress in style and comfort with a new chair from J&J Discount. Hi, this is Debbie Rose at J&J Discount. J&J Discount has an excellent selection of space saver recliners, rocker recliners, and glide rockers. Choose from a variety of styles from our in-stock selection, available in a variety of fabrics and sizes and relax in comfort in your new recliner, rocker recliner, or glide rocker from J&J Discount. Whatever you choose, you'll get a quality chair at J&J's famous low, low price. And your new chair is in stock today, so you can take it home today from J&J Discount. Kevin, Mark, and I invite you in to see the savings, the selection, and experience the service. All here at local family-owned J&J discount on Route 9 and sales tax-free Spofford, New Hampshire. Ready to plan your 2023 wedding? Allison's Orchard in Walpole is just 10 miles north of Keene and it's one of the most beautiful settings you could ever imagine for your dream wedding. On sale Saturday, May 28th at 9 a.m. through SaveLocalDeals.com Score a Sunday brunch or Sunday sunset wedding in 2023 at 50% off. Contact Kelly at info at Allison'sOrchard.com or give him a call at 603-756-9800 Visit SaveLocalDeals.com for more details
4: now back to the weekend with george hansel you can be next on the air dial 357 1290 share your opinions ask your questions right here on wkbk here's george
1: welcome back some good phone calls in the last segment Hoping for some more three, five, seven, 1290. will get you on the air. We can talk about whatever you want. Um, let's see what else we got going on here in the city of Keene. If you want to weigh in on the city's budget, I think you still have some opportunities to do that coming up this week. And, uh, I can get on that and figure out when you should show up, have your, be able to say your piece. I think Thursday, uh, Next Thursday at 7, we'll have a public hearing, I believe, and uh, and you can come and say what you want to say about the budget. Three five seven twelve ninety gets you on the air, and we have a call. Good morning. Thanks for calling.
0: Good morning, George.
1: Hey, what's on your mind today?
0: I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh, thanks. this has been a heavy lift from the beginning. Yeah. Okay.
1: That COVID, way some was days. Here.
0: COVID was here, right? And you're like, why am I doing this, right? Everything's solved, everything's stopped, can't talk to anybody. Look what you've done since then. You changed people's minds. You've gotten them on board. you got a biotech firm here now.
1: Well, it, the team, the, a bunch of people contributed to all of that. I mean, really, it's a community effort, but I... Uh you know, it's a, it's, I, I'm just so impressed and happy with the way that things turned out because for a while there, 2020, there was a lot of uncertainty. We were looking, you know, people in the community who were making decisions and making things happen and coordinating things. There were many times that we sort of looked at each other and said, "Is this gonna? Is this gonna? What do we have to do? Because this is, this does not look good." Could really go in a bad direction, and thankfully the community stepped up. The business owners stepped up. We had some incredible leaders that stepped up to uh, just get the job done. And I think we put ourselves in a better position than a lot of other communities in uh, in the area in the in New Hampshire. But also, I would I would gather across the country. I think we we accelerated out of COVID, and now we're set up to really be. Uh, maximize our potential, but we still have some issues we have to work through. The housing thing is a big one.
0: There's so many though. You've tackled them all. You tried to collaborate to get a bunch of people involved around the state in a ton of industry. Yeah. And a lot of them balked you from the beginning, right? They're like, hey, what's this guy now? He's a first-term guy. Or whatever." <laughs> and now they're like, hey, what's this guy doing?
1: Well, I'll repeat something that I said in my inaugural address. And that was when I first got elected. When I first got elected, I got a letter from somebody that did not was not a supporter of mine, not a supporter of mine, but wrote wrote me a handwritten letter and said, you know, I didn't support I don't I didn't support you, but now you're our mayor and whatever, and if you want to be successful, if you want to be successful, work to activate and uh and, and uh, get interested or um, energize the people in this community that really love it, because there are a lot of them. And they will, they will, they will make this community something really special. And I always, I always remembered that. And anything I do, I try to think about what can I do to activate, engage, and enthuse the people in this community that are very capable of, uh, of making amazing things happen here. And, uh, so that's sort of, that's been the philosophy and it has, it has paid off in large part because we do have such an amazing group of folks here that really care about making the place that they live, uh, a good place to live.
0: Well, it just takes time, right? Yeah. Hanging out with people that live differently from you, finding out what they need, their wants are what, you know, what their struggles are, what their strives are, who their friends are, what they do, how they make money. And you start seeing how the pictures, everybody's lives, they care about people and family and friends. It's like,
1: Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to do for sure. What else is on your mind? What are you thinking of this mm-hmm. weekend?
0: Well, I wanted to ask you more about what is the biotech firm's specialty?
1: So they it's make our way. Yeah, so that's a that's a good question uh, and I can give you my best answer as I yeah. understand yeah. it. But they basically make a detection method or they've come up with a detection method for bacteria and viruses and it relies on light. It shines a I think UV something in the, in the ultraviolet spectrum. There uh, you go. through and they make a machine that shines a, a the light through this um, material, whatever material they're looking at, whether it be milk, you know, or some kind of food product or something like that, or a virus, like a sample from a cheek swab or whatever, nasal swab for COVID. And then it shines a light through it and, it, and it's able to pick up on the, uh, the output or the byproduct of bacteria or viral growth. And so this makes a really quick but very, very accurate test that uh, labs or um, doctors or hospitals can do right in their clinic or food processing facilities can do right in their their clinic or their facility, um, and it reduces the cost. So you don't have to send something out to a specialized lab to run this complicated test. A milk production facility can have one of these machines in their facility, and they can very quickly test the milk at regular intervals and make sure that they're not having uh, bacteria growing in it. And similarly, um, doctors that specialize in in joint replacements and things like that can test um, the fluid uh, in joints after surgery. And they can make sure that there that there aren't infections in the joints. And the the special sauce, as I understand it, again, I'm not. This is just I'm reinterpreting a PowerPoint presentation that they gave me to the best my memory will allow. Um, the secret sauce for them is that their process and their method can detect these abnormalities much earlier than than. Um, detection methods that are currently on the market so, so it's kind of
0: like it's kind of like keen, like keen steak and yeah. test of water so what you it, know the wastewater for so what that COVID. means
1: so what that means for these different industries is that if you get a knee replacement um your first follow-up visit a week later you could conceivably um any kind of infection or problem could be detected before you even have any symptoms so treatment could begin on, on that infection earlier, uh, making it better for, for the patient. Similarly, the, with the milk production, they could test at the collection point and uh, determine much earlier if there was some kind of bad bacteria or something growing in the milk or whatever. So it's like that early detection is the, is the differentiator for their product compared to what's out there.
0: Right, you might be lactose intolerant or whatever.
1: And so what they're actually doing in Keene, which is another kind of good follow-up question I just thought of, what are they actually doing in Keene? Well, in order to get these types of tests approved, you have to go through an FDA approval process. And so in order to... And it's a very lengthy and involved, complicated thing. Um, In order to get your test approved by the FDA... You have to um, prove that it works in what's called a Kalia lab, which is a lab that's set up specially, uh, utilizing certain standards and, um, and is set up especially to approve those types of drugs or tests or things like that. And so what they're actually want to do here is set up a CALEA lab in Keene with a partnership in partnership with Keene State College. Nice. Which is great, isn't it? And then, yeah. and then from there, once they get their tests approved, they'll have, um, you know, sort of, I'm sure, some sales operations here. They may even have some manufacturing, something like that here. Those are things they talked about. The other interesting thing about the CALEA lab, okay, there aren't any other Kalia labs in New Hampshire. And this is a very, very important Piece of infrastructure for any company that's trying to get FDA approval. You need to put oh, that's, yeah. you need to put your product through one of these approved labs, and so having one of these in Keene is going to be really great because it can they they can do more than just approve the uh, the DTAC diagnostics products. They could potentially work on a, uh, getting other companies' products approved as well. So this is going to be a resource for the community. It'll help us attract other biotech companies that are interested in in that and getting FDA approval and all that. So I think this is a, a really neat thing. And I told the the founders of the com- or the founder and the COO of the company when they were here, I was like, it's just amazing. This is something that this area has talked about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Our readiness to be a biotech hub because we're basically right between Dartmouth, where there's a lot of biotech um, companies and, and interest in research, and Boston. Cambridge is like the biotech capital of the world. So we're in a very good spot located between those two hotspots, so to speak. Um, so we're, that could be an incredible opportunity for us to be a, a biotech hub that could take advantage of that Dartmouth stuff and the Boston stuff.
0: So, so think about this. keen, slow dribblers. He contemplates everything. Everything moves slow, mm. right? Look what we just did with you.
1: And the Hannah, Grimes, Hannah a Grimes Center was, a big, was, the, was the key oh, recruiter, too, yeah. I would say. I want to give credit where credit's due. They put in a tremendous amount of work making this happen.
0: Oh yeah but it's collaboration like you said from the beginning. Yeah. it's a collaboration of everybody, but it's you the mayor dude you're you're the guy saying, look, this is where we want to go, this is what we want to do. are you guys on board? And somebody for whatever reason they don't want to be they're actually on your outside you now calling you up like, hey George, can we have a meeting or yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks for the compliment. I do appreciate that. It is a team thing and and all of this, this, these initiatives are really about building momentum, right? You put an idea out there, it gets gets talked about it. People, you know, throw out reasons why it won't work. People get excited about the prospect of it working and it builds momentum. It's like a snowball rolling down a hill. And then people get, get on out board way, with it,
3: right?
1: get on board with it, and eventually you just have your own momentum, and these things kind of happen. That's that's the beautiful thing about being in a community like this and doing this kind of work. It's really fun. I
0: got one more thing, George, mm. about the college. I know you're going to go, but about the college, the guy that called in earlier
3: mm-hmm.
0: about the excess at the top, and that's like that way with anything, any kind of governance body with tensions and, it, and just so trying to take that down or trying to stymie it, it's really tough
3: mm.
0: right trying to go up against it you just have to do that little angle go at it with a different angle like like you, you i'm just saying you, you're really good at it so i'm not trying to tell you something you don't already know but trying to take them all out now so let me ask you this from the beginning of New Hampshire. When you try to get everybody involved around the state. Are you any closer now getting other universities involved in anything? Yeah. Now? Yep.
1: yep. We are there closer. you go. Yep.
0: There you go. That's all I want to know.
1: All right. Thank Thanks. Well George, have a good thank weekend. Thank
0: you, Mr. Mayor. You have a great weekend.
1: You too, bye. Three five seven twelve ninety. We've got uh, about five, six minutes left if you want to get a last word in. I appreciate the the comments from the caller. Um, I think we are making some really positive strides on a lot of lot of things in town, and the business recruitment thing has really has really been an interesting part of the the job. Um, a lot of businesses are thinking about moving to Keene or whatever. could Get in touch with with me, or in some cases, I go out and try and recruit them, uh, and. It's like fitting together a puzzle, a very complicated puzzle um, that takes a lot more time than you think it'll take, and it's like, okay, so we have this great company. First step is, are they even a good fit? Do they want to come to Keene? All right, you get past that hurdle, and then it's like, well, where do they go? How do they get financing? How do they do X? How do they get employees? How do they? There's a whole list of these questions that need to be figured out and answered, And honestly, I think for a lot of companies, they don't have the in-house capability to figure all that stuff out. It really is incumbent on the community themselves to help fit those pieces of the puzzle together because we know what the resources are. We know what's available here. We know who the company needs to talk to to get what they need. And that's been, that is so labor intensive, very rewarding, has a big payoff, but that's a, uh, it's a hard thing to do, really hard. And it takes a lot of time to make those things happen. 357 gets you on the air and they dropped. <laughs> that's okay. I've really appreciated all the calls. We've talked about a lot of uh, good stuff. I mean, and there seems to be consensus in the community about housing for good reason. I mean, but we're in a, a real crisis, as one caller put it. And we're making some progress, we're making some progress,